Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So last week we talked about the Tyson chicken recall that was eight and a half million pounds, almost eight and a half million pounds because of the possibility of their chicken products contaminated with listeria. Well, they've added to that now just another 450,000 pounds of ready-to-eat poultry products. We're going to go ahead and add that to the 8.5 million pounds, too, okay, of the recall. (laughs) So that's it, though. And they were just shipped nationwide to retailers, restaurants, schools, hospitals, and military bases. The recall involves three dozen fully cooked poultry products. Uh, you know, like chicken strips and diced chicken and pizza with chicken. We gave you the entire list last week, and they posted it on the uh, United States Department of Agriculture's Food Safety and Inspection Service. The outbreak, of course, is related to the bacteria and linked to these Tyson products. It's led to one death in Texas, sickened another two people in Texas and Delaware. Don't forget that uh, listerosis is a potentially uh, deadly infection, as it's already proven, and it mostly affects older adults, people with weakened immune systems, pregnant women, newborns, you know, people that would eat pre-cooked Tyson chicken products. That's all, though. Now, according to the CDC, remember the symptoms include fever, muscle aches, headache, stiff neck, confusion, loss of balance, convulsions, along with perhaps some diarrhea or other gastrointestinal symptoms. So if you have any of those, please get checked. And I would say that if you have any of the Tyson products, you know, some of the 9 million pounds of recall chicken, you can throw it out or I would recommend taking it back and getting your money back. But that's just me. Hey, welcome. Welcome to it. It is Chewing the Fat. How does this happen? I mean, we have stories all the time about people claiming that they lost their lotto ticket and it was the mega winner and we don't know what they did with it and they're searching it and it hasn't been picked up. So we believe that, you know, that person is telling the truth, but it's their fault that they lost it. Well, now we have a man, a Florida man, who claims that, uh, well, he didn't claim, I mean, it actually happened, that he was cleaning his house over the 4th of July weekend, and he found a Powerball ticket. It was months old, just in a drawer as he was cleaning, and he went, oh, hey, that's a Powerball ticket. I I forgot that I bought it. I wonder if it's worth anything. It's worth a million bucks. What? So, I mean, it was probably coming down to the wire, It doesn't say how close he was to the wire of being able to pick up the money, because I think you have 90 days. So it had to have been within that window. 
but he purchased the ticket at a Publix liquor store in Jacksonville. The store, you know, obviously is going to get the $1,000 bonus. And the lottery officials said the ticket matched all five white balls, but not the Powerball number. So he only gets a million dollars. Oh, man. He said he was still in shock. Yeah, duh. Why are you buying lottery tickets and just tossing it in a drawer and then forgetting about it? Okay. Anyway, congratulations to uh, Kenneth Morgan for his million-dollar ticket that he purchased and then forgot about it. I'm not really sure how that happens. I really am not. So did Sir Richard Branson win the billionaire space race or not? I know Jeff Bezos is a little wound up that Branson went into space, but did he really? 10 seconds. Five, three, two, one. Release, release, release. Clean release. Ignition. Good rocket motor burn. Good rocket motor burn. There's Mach 1 trimming now. All right. Good trim. Cool shot, really. Did you watch it? I did. Trim complete. Unity is pointed directly up and heading to space. Things are looking great. We are 25 seconds into the burn now, approaching Mach 2. Yeah, baby. And onward it goes and into what Richard Branson claims is space. Now, I know... That Bezos was a little wound up at this happened. I know he said, you know, hey, great, and can't wait to be there with you. Can't wait to join the club. But they also sent out a post talking about the differences between (laughs) Blue Origin and Galactic. And Blue Origin, Jeff Bezos, believes that no, Virgin Galactic doesn't really go to space from the beginning. New Shepard was designed to fly above the Kármán line, so none of our astronauts have an asterisk next to their name. For 96% of the world's population, space begins 100 kilometers up at the internationally recognized Kármán line, and <laughs> Virgin Galactic doesn't go there. And they posted a side-by-side of a Blue Origin and Galactic <laughs> flies above the Carmen line. Internationally recognized boundary to space, 100 kilometers. Blue Origin, yes. Galactic, no. Vehicle type, rocket. <laughs> Virgin Galactic, high altitude airplane. <laughs> windows, Blue Origin, largest windows in space. Virgin Galactic, airplane size windows. Escape room, Blue Origin, yes. Virgin Galactic, no. I'm sorry, the escape system. Uh, Ozone layer impact, minimal to Blue Origin. Very high on Virgin Galactic. Flight history, Blue Origin, 15 safe flights. Virgin Galactic, three flights above 80 kilometers, but not the recognized boundary of space. So he was, Jeff was not happy about this at all. And Branson was just, you know, he had planned this really kind of all along. I, I, I don't know that the production of this event was pushed up 
because he was going to be on it or if they had it all ready to go. But they had a big production day. They had, uh, you know, they had music lined up. And Stephen Colbert, oh my gosh, he was the, you know, kind of host of the entire thing, although they kept going back to, uh, to Virgin Galactic's Space Command people who were, you know, talking everybody through the whole thing. But uh, Colbert was the main host that they kept going back to. Now, I don't like Stephen Colbert. If you do, great. Good for you. Um, I just don't find him, what's the word I'm looking for? Funny. But he, you know, thinks he's funny. And I guess he and Branson have this battle that they've been doing back and forth. And since I'm not a big Colbert fan, I don't watch his shows. So I guess, you know, Colbert has sucked up to Branson over the years and done little bit jokes with him, uh, you know, to be a happy kind of guy. But the space tourism industry is up and running. Kind of, right? I mean, we're ready to go. I don't know that, uh, you know, I don't have your money and I'm not going to be able to pay a couple hundred thousand to go up into either the beginning of space or space with Jeff Bezos, who goes up in uh, a couple weeks. Um, so we'll see. I know that, uh, again, you know, Bezos said, can't wait to join the club. Oh, okay. No problem. Thanks, Jeff. We believe you. <laughs> But the Virgin Galactic production for this whole thing was, you know, it was it was ready to go. And so I find it, uh, you know, it was interesting, interesting that uh, Branson had all that ready to go. Plus, I will say this, we are not ready for space. We are not because, and why, Jeff? They went into space. Even if it was the beginning of space, they went in. Uh-huh. And you know what? It was delayed. Nobody's talking about that. Now, it still went up. Yesterday morning, if you're listening live to this broadcast, it is the 12th of July, 2021. So yesterday was the 11th, and that was the Virgin Galactic Unity 22 flight. However, it was delayed from the original time. And why was it delayed? Due to prior weather. We can't even just take off and head to space due to prior weather, let alone the weather that's happening you know, now or the upcoming weather. So when we can get past that, and we've talked about it before on this show, but when we can get past the, well, we've got to delay it due to prior weather. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, okay. No problem. Yeah, I know you spent a couple hundred thousand and you're ready to go, but sorry. You know that disclaimer you signed when when you paid for the deal? Yeah, well, we've got to postpone it because of prior weather. Speaking of space, I'd like to thank the U.S. Pentagon official for listening to Chewing the Fat. Last week, we talked about how a big China was becoming in space and that their number one initiative in space was defense. Uh, yes, and uh, the uh, U.S. Pentagon official said, uh, yeah, they're investing uh, substantially into weapons that have the ability to jam and destroy satellites, uh, According to the report, such weapons can pose an immediate threat to U.S. national security. Uh, yeah, hello. That's why we started Space Force under the evil Donald Trump administra- administration. And we got, uh, you know, laughed out of the park from uh, this administration until people went, hey, uh, you know, that's a military branch. Maybe you ought to not laugh at it. But just beware, China is definitely 
using space as a defense. And then they already, speaking of China, um, decided that they're going to retaliate against the U.S. for the blacklisting of Chinese companies allegedly tied to human rights abuses. Oh, well, darn the luck. How about you stop, I don't know, abusing human rights and we'll stop the blacklisting, okay? (laughs) It's just one of those things. And the other space billionaire is in the news, Elon, uh, Elon Musk, supposed to testify today in his trial where he's accused of using one of his companies, Tesla, to bail out another of his companies, Solar City, enriching himself and leaving shareholders holding the bag. Really weird because Tesla's stock is up since the company purchased Solar City, so really wasn't bad for Tesla's shareholders. Anyway, the backstory on that is uh, in 2016, Tesla bought Solar Energy startup Solar City for $2.6 billion, aiming to build a single integrated sustainable energy company. He didn't need uh, much due diligence before buying Solar City. After all, his cousins founded it in 2006, and Musk served as the chairman. But according to this, Solar City was in bad financial shape, losing money and holding more than $3 billion in debt. Investors weren't particularly enthusiastic about the deal. After the acquisition was announced, Tesla shares fell more than 10%, wiping out more value than the entire purchase price of Solar City. So the lawsuit alleges that Tesla's acquisition of Solar City reeked with conflicts of interest and that Musk failed to disclose liquidity problems at Solar City. So we'll see if this comes out. I don't know. His he owns 22% of Tesla and 22% of Solar City at the time of the deal, meaning he wasn't the head of the corporate companies at the time. I we'll see. It's really weird. Uh, we'll see if it happens. If the deal, you know, if he's found guilty, I guess he loses $2.6 billion. Oh, no. I know. I don't know how he'll eat lunch. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to lose $2.6 billion, Believe me. But uh, I just, uh, I find it strange that we're going after Elon for that. It just seems really weird. And we also are going after Elon because I guess... Rats are now chowing down on Teslas. I know. And you think, wait, rats are chowing down on Teslas? Yes. Tesla has made these internal wires that were insulated with soy rather than oil, which the critics claim makes them more appealing to rodents. According to one physician who lives in New York, and uses her Tesla to commute to work in the Bronx, told the Post that uh, she had her air conditioner stop working, and so she took it to the dealership, and they opened the glove box, and a rat fell out. (laughs) Oh, okay, well, that doesn't sound too fun. So, according to this, the repair has taken more than a month and estimated cost of soared to over $5,000. And they just keep telling her that the uh, vehicle will be ready soon. She was unable to pick up the Tesla at the time of this particular story. So, most auto manufacturers use the soybean versus oil in their wire insulation for newer vehicles because it's less expensive and better for the environment. Huh. 
So something that's supposed to be better for the environment is now causing rats to get into the vehicles and eat through the wires and causing your vehicle not to work. <laughs> yes, they're good for the environment and rat friendly. So man, how bad, how bad do you want to soy wired Tesla now? Right? That's what I thought. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately, and it's not soy. So did you see where they're talking about now how it's maybe possible to have men live longer by being castrated? I would say let's work on something else. Let's, you know, let's devise another plan. Let's take another pill. Let's do something other than castration. So according to the studies, removing the testes of male sheep lets them live up to 60% longer by delaying the aging of DNA. And according to this, the same principles could apply to humans. But it could not too, right? <laughs> You know, of course, women, you know, tend to live significantly longer lives than men. And this University of Otago led experts studied how sheep age by looking at their DNA. And they found that uh, the clocks of male sheep tick faster than the females. Well, I mean, that's what happens with humans as well. However, the castrated male sheep have similar DNA pattern to the females. The team believes that male hormones play a role in accelerating biological aging. Duh. So, six years longer than expected after they were castrated. I'm willing to give up six years. Just me. I'm willing to give it up. Although that's 60% longer in sheep life. Are you going to gain 60% as a human? As a human male? 60%? Wow. So if I get castrated and I was going to live to, uh, you know, I I don't want to break down the whole math for you because (laughs) I am not a, you know, a mathematician, but let's just say 100% is 50 and 25% of that is 25. So you get 25% more. No. That's not right. See what I mean? I can't do the math. I'm just saying I'm willing to give up 60%. Oh, that's a long time, right? That's a long time. So 50%, say the average male lives to be 70, right? And I think it's older than that now, but the average male lives to be 70. So uh, another 50% on top of that would be 105 so you're willing to get give that up? You're willing to get to 105, 110 by being castrated? Mm, that's a good question. I know my answer. 
what would be yours? How about no? You know, if I were running a campaign, any kind of campaign, I believe that that would be my campaign slogan. How about no? Anytime somebody asks you about what you believe in, how about no? Yeah, what about uh, gun control? Yeah, how about no? What about uh, being able to vote with an, uh, without an ID? How about no? Anything. <laughs> how about no? That's the, that's the Jeff Fisher chewing the fat campaign slogan for any political run that I do. How about no? Fisher. Vote Fisher. How about no? So did you see what, just a sign of what got me sidetracked on that. Um, well, just saying, how about no, actually put me in that direction. Anyway, uh, Leonardo da Vinci just sold and you know obviously uh leonardo uh, himself didn't sell it but a drawing that he drew uh way back i don't know about 500 years ago uh just sold for 8.8 million bucks it's not bad Uh, actually it sold for 8.8 million euros which equals about 12.1 million dollars at a London auction. It's a seven by seven head of a bear, more than 500 years old. It surpassed the previous record of a Leonardo drawing set by the horse and rider, which sold for 8.1 billion, a million back in 2001. So, okay. Uh, good for, good for them. Uh, the auction house did not reveal the identity of the buyers. However, it was sold to a single bid from a man and a woman. And just so you know, the drawing was created using silver point on pale pink beige paper and is among a number of the artist's small-scale drawings of animals which date back to the early 1480s. <laughs> so it would seem that maybe $12.1 million isn't that bad of a price for it. I do love that the auction house did not reveal the identity of the buyers. I know that's what we're saying is a good thing with the Hunter Biden artwork going for sale. Yeah, um, we need to we need to uh, not let people know who purchased the artwork. And of course, not letting people know is being transparent from the Biden administration. Really? Yeah, after careful consideration, a, a system has been established that allows for Hunter to work in his profession within reasonable safeguards. Of course, he has the right to pursue an artistic career, does he? Oh, really? Thank you for that. What a joke. But I love how, A, and this one report this weekend from the uh, White House spokesperson, Jen Psaki, uh, called him a child. <laughs> credible and uh and i know i know he's he's president biden's child i got it he's the child that lived i'm not Bo, but uh being transparent they're being transparent about letting you know that they're not going to be transparent so i mean there's that uh that's good right of course it is yeah and you see where speaking of selling stuff i kind of start going through my stuff man a sealed Super Mario 64 sells for more than $1.5 million. Okay, I got to start going through my stuff. I mean, there I've got to have some stuff that is worth some of this, right? 
So a sealed copy of The Legend of Zelda sold for $870,000 at auction, which set a new record for the most expensive video game ever sold. And then now we have sold the Nintendo 64 Classic Super Mario 64 at $1,560,000, smashing the record for Legend of Zelda. <laughs> that spits on Legend of Zelda at $870,000. Incredible. Over the past 12 months, the record for the most expensive video game has risen dramatically. All right, so here's a timeline. July 10th, 2020, copy of Super Mario Brothers sells for 114000 which I'm willing to take, by the way. November 23rd, 2020, copy of Super Mario Brothers 3 sells for $156,000. April 2nd, 2021, copy of Super Mario Brothers sells for $660,000. July 9th, copy of The Legend of Zelda Sells for $870,000 July 11th. Yes, the one we're talking about that started it all. The copy of Super Mario 64 sells for $1,560,000. No wonder people are in a good mood. And I see where they just did a Gallup poll that finds 59.2% of Americans say they are thriving 73% of Americans said they experienced enjoyment for a lot of the previous year. American optimism is at its highest in more than 10 years. Maybe they talked to the people who sold their video games for big money. Maybe that's, maybe that's what happened. I don't know, but that can, that could be a reason that people have optimism is that they are uh, hoping that those games they have up in the attic are going to sell for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars and that my friends would definitely make one optimistic of which i am i am optimistic that i have some of those games somewhere in the attic or in the garage i've got to find them though that is for sure behold the mighty los angeles river A lengthy concrete drainage ditch, wide as a shoebox, pretty as a penal shower, dribbling pollution into the sea. If a river but trickles through a mortar gutter, is it a river at all, or just a leak? From some distant dehydrated mountain with an engored prostate and a bad aim. Twice a year, the rain gets lost or drunk and shambles through L.A., sloshing life back into this trough. But the rest of the time, it's merely the seepage of urban incontinence. That was titled The Los Angeles River from Andrew Heaton. In his latest book, out today, by the way, Los Angeles is Hideous, Poems About an Ugly City. Andrew Heaton, welcome to Chewing the Fat. How in the world are you? I am great. It is fantastic to see you again, Jeffy. And I, there, there's a certain level of ego gratification having other people read your stuff. So oh, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, live on that for a week. It was. Uh, I, I went through your book. Okay, so we'll talk about the new book now. Your mm-hmm. latest book, and I know you're. How many books you've got? Like what? 
40, 50 books. This is, that this, you've is my, this is my fourth book, but I think this is the one. I think this okay. is the one that's really going to make me stratospheric. Because poems are huge. Right. I exactly. Mean, holy cow. See, when you think of authors, you think of you, oh, poetry. Jeffy, you're nailing it because the first two books I wrote were a, a funny, a funny novel about werewolves. And the second one was a funny novel about alien abductions in Oklahoma, both of which are huge genres in and of themselves with massive right. amounts of fans. Right. So it's like, oh, yeah. this is easy. And then uh, and then I wrote a political satire book that did OK. And now I was like, how what's what is the overlap of all the things the American public wants? Well, I know coffee table books making fun of one specific city. Right. And poetry. But maybe I'll become poet laureate. I don't know. Then, then it would all be worth it. So as I was uh, going through the uh, Los Angeles' hideous poems about an ugly city, uh, I, which one is, is, are there any that are your favorite? Because I, I, I absolutely, the Los Angeles River uh, is one of my favorites. The, Thank you book. very much. Uh, the, you know what? The very first one is my favorite uh, because it just, for, for me, there's all sorts of things we could make fun of on Los Angeles, but ultimately it is just so ugly. I just, I am so aesthetically repulsed by an entire city made out of bathroom tiling grout that that, that first story or that first poem largely encapsulates it. May, may, may I read it or, or would that be? Too oh my forward? gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed that uh, you have to ask. You just go okay. ahead and read your work. Great. Thank you very much. So I'm, I'm going to read this. Uh, and this is again from the, fan, the, probably the funniest coffee table book ever written about uh, LA. I think uh, it is. Los don't Angeles. Say, don't Citius. say probably. But it, it, is. it is definitively it is. that. Yes. So this, this is the, the kickoff poem, the greater LA necroplex. Pretty as a cinder block smeared with lipstick. Oh, blight of traffic and concrete dumpsters. Thy principal building material is bathroom tiling grout. Every a drenched in sunlight as compensation, like a chef at Applebee's, Drowning freeze-dried sadness in cheese to hide the shame, the shame. All the beauty of a parking lot, and yet, ironically, you will never find a parking space. Watch them toss palm trees at strip malls to gussy up the streets like injecting Botox into a corpse. Behold the concrete slabs with squares gouged out where dreamers peek from cramp rooms to gaze at hobos and then I'm not actually sure what the level of, of censorship I have to do here, here is, uh, Jeffy. There, there, is it? There's no censorship. There's no what censorship. Are you about? You're doing great. a read. Just continue okay, with the yeah, read. Yeah. To gaze at hobos masturbating into open sewers. Hard square lines and jarring angles. Every neighborhood is the used tire district. Enjoy yon liquor store with bars across the panes. There are no parks, but there are a lot of tent villages. Tis not a city, but a meat grinder that devours skinny hopefuls and burps out chunks of porn star. Warm but humid. The wet spot on the bed you made with your crazy ex, who's probably lying about birth control. <laughs> Los Angeles is a prison yard with sparklers, chugging champagne beneath an overpass, a public toilet with a boob job, Instagram filters on a dead harlot. I can't believe you said masturbating on my show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Oh, it's, the sensor's going to come after me. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the not, very edgy. Like, so, okay. So you were living in, in LA. You don't live there anymore. No. Correct. No, I don't have any plans. I think, I think I would explode like a vampire crossing the threshold of a church where, where I had to return. So I'm not, okay. I'm not planning on that. I've lived there twice. Ooh. Mm. Oh, so this was written after the second. This was written adventure? after the second time. Right. So for, first time around, I was like a year out of college and I, I'd been living in Edinburgh and I just moved back to the, our country, America. 
And uh, one of my friends was like, hey, I know you want to get into radio, which I eventually did. And he's like, you should move to L.A. I have fixed up the tool shed behind my house. Nice. So I spent six months living in a tool shed that was. Kato Kalen living out back. Basic, yeah, I, it was. I, I went O.J. Simpson reference for those right. of you that aren't. Yeah, yeah. And I totally would have helped my friend kill a guy like if that had been a thing. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I lived there for six months and I just I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. I left. And then when when I left Texas here about a year and a half ago. Uh, I went, you know, I've never really liked LA, but, but it's great networking it's supposed to be huge, the place to huge, be huge right? creative hub. I'm going right. to move out there. So I moved to Los Angeles, Jeffy in January of 2020. Perfect. And I, timing. I, I got my apartment in mid February of 2020. Again, again, I have to stress timing. this for the networking. That was why I moved out there. I didn't have a job. I moved out there to find people to give me jobs and was there for about six months. And then I was like, this is insane. This is like, this is like when a, like a hot young Angelou marries like a decrepit 90 something year old rich guy and then finds out he doesn't even have money. And I was like, well, I'm out of here. I I, I was in it for the money. I wasn't here because I like the city. There's nothing pleasant about the city. So I took off. Plus, I mean, holy cow with the timing and then in a tool shed. Oh, well, the tool shed was the first time around. The second time around, oh, I lived okay. in, in a much more expensive apartment. I lived in a 600-square-foot apartment that cost $1,500 a month. Oh, you were and, large. And, uh, yeah, and it didn't have a porch because I didn't think I'd need one. I thought I was going to be out, you know, uh, drinking cocktails with models. And, say, I was and, living and in Beverly Hills. Have, having jokes with producers and stuff. I didn't know I was going to be in solitary <laughs> confinement for six months of my life. And so, yeah, did did that. And finally went, I hate this. I'm leaving. Yeah. And I, I bought a fiberglass camper and lived out of a 13-foot fiberglass camper for six months, which was vastly preferable. Wow. No mm-hmm. kidding. Did you travel the West and go through the desert? Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. I, I, I kind of just jumped around for a while during the tail end of the pandemic. I actually, I was in California for a bit. I was collaborating. Uh, so, so I've got a podcast called The Political Orphanage, and I was collaborating with my friend Justin Robert Young out in Oakland. And so, for like I don't know a month, I just lived on the streets of Oakland. I got burgled. Uh, somebody oh, yeah, no kidding. Not, didn't just get burgled. They they broke three of the four windows on my SUV. I'm assuming Qua California lack of protein, not enough upper body strength to pull it off in one blow. But uh, <laughs> I, I I got burgled. Um, but I was doing that, you know, and I'd hang out in the forest. There's really pretty forests in Northern California. And uh, and then I was down in Austin for a bit. And then I parked at my parents' backyard for Christmas. Stayed out there. And uh, now it's uh, parked in Wagner, Oklahoma, uh, which is where I, where I keep it in between Johns. Did they I, did they ask you for any information when they were filming Nomadland with uh, no with I you know what I came out like I think I recognized a couple of people in the film because I yeah. did meet I yeah. did meet some of the hashtag van life people like uh, uh, I made I made a buddy where I, I was in Oakland and you have to be kind of careful where you're parking because no. like some <laughs> right right. Because one, you don't want to be in a place where you're going to get hassled by cops. So like right. I, I liked to park. There was this really sinuous hill and I could park at the like in the parking lot of the entrance to a trail. And I never had a problem there, but I didn't want to sleep there too many times in a row because I was afraid people would get squirrely. So I was parked yeah. in, in the parking lot of like a like a science museum and I'm making pasta, like I'm I'm cooking dinner and stuff. And and I, I put on Yo. some musicals that I was I was listening to. And I and I kept seeing this other van, like on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the parking lot. And I was just keeping my eye on it. And I walked out at one point to get some more water. And I heard this guy go, "I don't think I need to be worried about a dude from Oklahoma that likes My Fair Lady, do I?" 
And I was like, sir, you have correctly identified who is the least dangerous person in the parking lot right now. I like, I hope you're not going to kill me. We ended up being friends. He was a great guy. And like, he just lives out of a van full time. He's been those, doing it for well, like the 30 places, years. I mean, those are the places that uh, we have stories all the time about homeless encampments. They find those places like that. The entrances mm-hmm. to a park, a walkway. And that right. oh, we're just going to live here now. Well, but, it, but it, I say it is a little bit, it, it is a different phenomenon because he like, he has a home, it's just mobile. And I don't, I, I, I did not get the impression that it was like a desperation that drove him to it. Like, like in Nomadland okay. where the lady kind of had to do it. I think he just really doesn't like having like one place that he's nailed down to. Like he basically stays kind of around California and then he goes to a forest for a week or two. And then after two weeks, he's like, all right, I'm starting to go insane. <laughs> He'll go back right. into a city and right. hang out for a bit. There's not a lot of people pe- like that. There's not enough people out here for me to kill. So I've got right. to come yeah, back yeah. into the city. Yeah. The, you, you, my ax is all polished up. I, I, you know, it's just going to waste. I need to figure out how to do this. Uh, but it was That's cool. Awesome. I'm actually, That's I'm awesome. actually kind of like, I miss that life a little bit. I bet. Like I, I like I like having like a bath. That's cool. It's nice having a bathtub. It's nice having a right, dedicated spot right. for mail. But it was really fun for a while because I could like wake up and go, think oh, I'll go to a forest today. And I would just like drive an hour and a half and then walk around Redwood Forest. It was great. Nice. So you still have the camper out back and look at it uh, with longingly? Longingly, yes. I, I look at it like it, it's like a mobile frat party from my youth <laughs> or something like that. Uh, I, I would have I would have be buried in it like a sarcophagus when I die. That's my plan. That's his trailer. Don't That's go here now. <laughs> so the new book is out. I will get back on that. I know we've yeah, been yeah. rambling. So the new book, The Los Angeles is Hideous, Poems mm-hmm. About an Ugly City. couple of things. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously available anywhere and probably at andrewheaton.com. I would I would go to Amazon. However, you really you want to make it re- really easy. Go to LAisUgly.com and that'll take you there. I love LAisUgly.com. Mm-hmm. I was going to uh, do L- Los Angeles is hideous, but I was like, enough people are going to screw up the E and the I right. that I'm going to I'm going to shorten that a bit. Just to ugly. That's probably the best move. And are you going to be doing uh, readings around the country promoting your book? That's the plan. My plan is to do a, a Texan media tour in the near future. I'll probably be down in Austin and do some shows down there. I'm do very likely going to be in Dallas. Do you have the guts to do it in L.A.? I mean, what's the problem? Yeah. Is there, is there I, a problem? I, I, honestly, I, Jeffy, I am really curious. I am really curious to see how this goes over with people at L.A. because I think I, they'll love it. I said, yeah, I suspect that at least half the people that live in L.A. Absolutely. are not are not there because they think 100%. that it's this beautiful place. I think they're they're there for the exact same reason I was Truth there, which power. is there's some some industry reason. Right. Absolutely. And for them, I think they're going to enjoy it. Who I think is really going to love it is anybody like me who left L.A. and had like five percent doubt. This will reduce the doubt to zero right. where you're like, you know what? This was a horrible idea. The other group that I'm really looking forward to is I, I feel like there's a whole cadre of dads whose kids, when they graduate college, debate moving to Los Angeles. Yeah. And I feel like this is a great Here. stocking stuffer yeah. of like, like I control you, <laughs> but technically it's literature and, and it's tastefully done. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go out to LA. So one, one of my best friends from high school still lives out there. So I'll inevitably, inevitably be there again. And I'm, I'm curious to see if I get tar and feathered. Uh, the, the, the trolling thing that I'm planning to do is I, I still owe a lot of money in parking tickets. Uh, and so I want oh, yeah. to use revenue from Los Angeles is hideous to pay that off and then mail them a copy. And then what I might do is I haven't worked out the details on this yet. Uh, it, it, I might come up with some sort of thing where 
Like if, if you go to my website and you give me like $5 extra, we mail copies to the mayor of Los Angeles or so, or we find like designated well, like agencies and, then, and sort of troll them with it, which, you know, like we're, everybody wins. They get literature and, and I get the sale. I like that. And in the end, I mean, you're donating to pay off your uh, fines. Uh, uh-huh. So, so I'm law. So you're help, helping the government out, yes. which which people in L.A. really like. And yeah, so absolutely. really, it's 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 a win, win, win. So you're living in Tulsa now. Right? That's right. So you you were out wandering uh, the country in your tin box pulled uh-huh. behind your automobile. Right. And you decided uh, I remember reading and talking about how Tulsa was advertising for people to move there. Right. And you said, hey, Tulsa, I'm your guy. Pretty and much, And they yeah. said, hey, Andrew, yes, you are. Come to Tulsa. Contract negotiations are much simpler in Oklahoma. How, <laughs> really, how, much, uh, how much cash are you rolling in from Tulsa? Uh, how, much, they, how much are they dumping into your they pocket? They give you a, a $10,000 grant. However, it is a time-lapse grant. So that is to say that I get they, they meter it out over a full year. Because they they want to avoid a couple they want to avoid people lying for one right, thing for sure and and they also want to avoid people coming here getting the grant and then immediately leaving and so they they give you five hundred a month and then at the end of the year they give you whatever the remainder is in the meantime though I gotta say Tulsa is precipitously less expensive than every oh, other yeah. place I've lived in the last twenty years because I, I spent a lot of time living in New York and then in L A and I lived in D C and and Tulsa is cheap Ooh. compared to those yes. locations. Yeah, you, you add five hundred a month, then like I by by regular human standards, Jeffy, I do not have a very good retirement plan. By comedian standards, I am knocking it out of the park. Really? I am doing, I'm putting 500 a month in a Roth IRA. Like this is, this is, I, I know that. what a Roth IRA is now. It's crazy. That. Yeah. I, um, I can see, obviously, uh, if you, if you're watching the video and those of you listening to Chewing the Fat, I'll, I'll tell you what a fine establishment Andrew is living in, in mm-hmm. Tulsa. I mean, it's got a dresser. I have a dresser. In the room. I mean, that's impressive. I have a bathtub I, I, and I bought one of those robot vacuum cleaners so that oh, I nice. actually, I have clean floors, which I've never previously. What I do is I'd have a vacuum cleaner and I would maybe vacuum once a year when it became too sticky. Like when, <laughs> when my, when my feet had like, like mittens on their soles, <laughs> walking time, barefoot through it, I'd be like, sleep. all right. Yeah. But now I'm like, go like, like take at it, uh, a robot. And you, and I'll say this too. Like, um, I'm, I'm curious cause you're in Dallas and you've been in Dallas for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, technically, yes, Dallas Fort. I mean, technically, like, I live like, in Fort Worth, but yeah, Dallas okay. is fine. Yeah. Actually, okay, Fort Worth, I think, is actually a better example of, of about what I'm about to bring up because, uh, so I'm I'm back in Tulsa. I grew up in Oklahoma, but I've been gone 15 years, right? Uh, I had anticipated moving to Tulsa that it was going to be friendly. I knew that, and I think Fort Worth is the same way. And 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 Fort, Fort overall, Worth is overall, yeah, generally considered a little bit friendlier and a little bit slower paced than Dallas is, the nearby city. The thing that surprised me that I had not anticipated about Tulsa is that. I have a much more diverse social life in terms of people I meet ethnically or sexual orientation in Tulsa than I did in New York or L.A. Wow. Now, L.A., I think that's because of the lockdown. But my, my theory is that I'm, I'm curious to what you think about this. I think if you're in a midsize city of like 500,000 people or less, okay. it, it's almost an optimal size to meet lots of interesting people. Because if sure. you live in a city like New York with 8 million people, there are 400 different Thai restaurants. I used to talk to people looking in windows at stores in New York and they look at you like, you talking right. to me? 
I, it yeah, is, yeah, I'm I, talking to you. It's I, I'd have to explain it. Like I, and I, if you compliment people, you're like, Hey, I like your shoes. They're like, I don't want to buy insurance. And you're like, I'm not selling you insurance. <laughs> right. I'm not trying to convert you to Mormonism or anything. I'm just, I'm from a part of the country where I live in contact. Jersey. I live in yeah. Jersey. Okay. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like part of it is I think in every, every city has one of two etiquette models. One model is you, you show respect by giving people space. That is the New York model. That's the London model. The, the, the Fort Worth yeah. and Tulsa model is you show, you show respect by engaging with people, Correct. which I like. But, but the other thing that I hadn't anticipated was like in Tulsa, I don't know the exact numbers here, but let, let's say there's two Thai restaurants in Tulsa. So you, if you like Thai food, you can go get Thai You're food. Go get Thai but there's food. Only, only one or two places, right? So like there's two cigar bars in Tulsa. I like cigars. Anyone in Tulsa that likes cigars, be they be there. black, gay, or anything else, like they're going to be there. And we're all right. friends. We all like each other. Like you'll you'll see this fascinating medley of people that probably wouldn't hang out in New York right. because they'd live in different neighborhoods and they'd have different socioeconomic strata. Whereas I find in Tulsa, people are friendly. Yeah. They like interacting with strangers. And you're just rubbing elbows with different people more than plus, you would in places that insulate you. Plus, with, along with that, you've got uh, a city that is... Uh, small enough when you go out to other places, whether it's shopping or whether you're going to another restaurant, the people that you've become friendly with at the cigar bar may be there. So <laughs> you're like, hey, right? That's, that's Billy. How you doing? Hello. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, I know him from the cigar bar. Yeah, He's well, right. it, it, and it's just, it's comedically friendly. Like, like I, um, so one of the things I started doing, because again, I'm new here, I don't know anybody. So, like on a given Thursday night, I'm just going to watch Netflix in my bathtub and eat Oreos with a ladle <laughs> unless I, mean, I have something to do. But, but I, there's a group here that uh, gives out uh, food to homeless people on Thursday nights. And I've started going and doing that. And it's awesome. Cause like in addition, like I'm very friendly. So I like recognizing people, but now when I walk around town, I'm like, Oh, Hey D'Angelo, like, like, how's it going? Did you, did you get that new leg? And like, like just have these that friends that are, that are walking around and all we'll hang out and stuff. It's great. Hey, did you get that new leg? How's it, how's it going? <laughs> Does it look like I got the new leg, dude? I'm, I'm standing here on one leg. <laughs> now, but, but they're, and I guess they're super cool because they're, they're really happy that like they've right. got just a person that's, yeah, that remembers their name and wants to interact with them and is like, hey, we're friends. Like, isn't it nice that, you know, like instead of me trying to shoo them away or something, I'm, I'm happy to see them. So, absolutely. So, so this it, is Tulsa. Now, did you, for the 10 grand, didn't they also part of that deal was uh, even more than 10,000? I mean, they were offering like free Wi Fi and housing and there, there's not free Wi Fi. There is, um, there's a com like one of those com or shared work workplace things. So if you okay. want to get Wi-Fi there, you can. Um, so I, I go there periodically, but but since I do, just, I don't like, remember what the deal was yeah. exactly for Tulsa. I know there, some of these there, cities came up with different plans to there's try a to bunch entice of, people right. like you. Uh huh. There. There, there's a bunch of perks, but a lot of them don't apply to me because a lot of the perks are for like entrepreneurs and like uh, startups and things like that, where they've got incubators and things set up. Okay. Um, so, so there's a lot of that. Um, for me, it's more of there's, there's a monetary grant and they also do a really good job of having uh, regular social events, which is good because I don't know that many people in Tulsa. So like last night, we all went to um, like a happy hour at a, 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 like a kind of a food court kind of environment. And I just got to putter around and, and, you know, be charming and friendly, which is my want. And uh, yeah, and I'm going camping this weekend with a bunch of them. So it's, it's a friendly place. Nice. I, I know we've gone way beyond time for, uh, for the world. So I mean, I appreciate your time. And I know you've got things to do rather than yap with me for, uh, for the afternoon. So Andrew Heaton, the new book, uh, Los Angeles is Hideous, poems about an ugly city. 
And uh, it was a fun read. Definitely a fun read. Uh, I, I can't wait to, uh, you know, get my copy since all I had was, you know, the stupid internet copy. Thank you mm -hmm. for sending me that. No problem. I appreciate I, it. I, I will send you a hardback, really gold, gold leaf gilted oh, Supreme version, uh, which I absolutely have an incentive to do now that I've already done the interview. <laughs> it's already dropped. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to follow up on this. Yeah, uh, Jeffy, it was fun to talk to you. It was good to see you. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Andrew, thank you very much, man. Take care. Oh,